Welcome to Treasures from the Bible. In today's program, we'll be learning about giants in the days of Abraham as we visit the largest library in New York City. So grab your Bibles and a friend and come on and join us. Did the giants paint the ceiling of this library? <laughs> oh, no, Nehemiah. This library wasn't even built back in the Old Testament days when giants like Goliath and the Rephiams lived. Who are the Rephiams? Rephiams is a name for giants, Sarah. They lived in the days of Abraham. During the days of Abraham, this huge library wasn't even built. In fact, New York City wasn't even built. Did Abraham know the giants, Grandpa? Yes, he did, Sarah. In fact, we read in Genesis 14, 13, and there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshcol and brother of Aner, and these were confederate with Abram. What's in that big room over there? Do giants live in there? No, Nehemiah, but let's go check out the Bible that is kept there. It is one of 48 Gutenberg Bibles still in existence, the first book ever printed on a printing press, and the first one to arrive in America in 1847. Did the giants have Bibles? No, they didn't have the Bible yet, Nehemiah. Pick me up, Grandpa, so I can see it. Okay, here we go. <sighs> Look at that strange writing. What language did the giant speak? I don't know what language the Rephiim spoke, but Abraham was called a Hebrew because he came from Hebron, which used to be Mamre, and later the Amorites lived there. The Amorites? Were they giants too? Yes, but let's talk about this Bible which is a Latin Bible, but the King James Bible was written in the Hebrew language in the Old Testament and the Greek language in the New Testament. What was that? It felt like an earthquake. I don't know, but I think it was those construction workers over there. They must be renovating the library. But speaking of earthquakes, Nehemiah, just think. Less than two years from now, will be the day when Christ comes to gather all of the true believers from planet Earth and take them into heaven. It will also be the day when God begins the day of judgment. Never again will there be any mercy, any possibility of salvation, any possibility of escaping the wrath of God. From that time forth, for the next 153 days, 
which together are called the day of judgment, it will only be horrible death, famine, disease, and chaos upon planet Earth. That's scary. Yes, Sarah. And yet, God in his wonderful love, in his wonderful mercy, is telling us this now so that we can check ourselves and look at ourselves and ask the question, am I ready? Am I prepared to meet God? Do you think all these people in New York talk about things like we're talking about, Mr. Gunther? They're not being talked about in many places in the world, Nehemiah, but certainly we can talk about these things because our authority is God's book, the Bible, and God himself wrote the Bible. Did God write this Latin Bible? No, Sarah, the people who spoke Latin translated it into Latin from the original languages of Hebrew and Greek, but it was not altogether faithful to the original languages. Every word in the original languages of the Bible came from the mouth of God, and the Bible has been a completed document for almost 2,000 years. It has not been changed in all that time. It is the same Bible that was finished by the year 100 AD, and it is the Word of God. That's great that we have a book that God wrote. That is better than all the books in the library, all put together, even if it's the biggest library in New York City. Yes, Sarah, and that is why it is so wonderful that we have the Bible as our authority, knowing that it is absolutely trustworthy as we talk about these things. And the events it speaks about are going to happen. God has given us many proofs to show that indeed the calculations of the end date, May 21st, 2011, that believers have found by studying the Bible is altogether accurate and trustworthy. There are some tall buildings here, Grandpa. That one is the Empire State Building, Sarah, which is the tallest building in New York now. Can we get ice cream while you talk about Abraham and the giants? Oh, sure we can. God told Abraham to sacrifice his son on Mount Moriah. Did the giants know about that? I don't know, Sarah, but right about the time of the Rephiams, the giants back in the days of Abraham, God promised that Abraham's seed, the Lord Jesus, would inherit the land of the Rephiams and other mighty nations. Oh, look, there's Esther. Hi, Esther. Did you come with Mommy? Mommy's over there. Mr. Gunther, I have a question about Isaac. Isaac was Abraham's son that was sacrificed. You know, the big message of the Bible is that all mankind became sinners right from the beginning, thousands of years before Isaac and Abraham. I was wondering, what is sin? Sin is breaking the law of God, and the law of God says that the result of sin is death, as well as shame and the infinite loss of being with Christ forevermore in the new heaven and the new earth. 
it is a very, very big payment that we pay because of our sin. Did Abraham know about the law of God? Yes, the written law didn't come till later. But God told Abraham right there in the land of the giants about the 400 years that would follow, after which Moses was given the Ten Commandments by God on top of Mount Sinai. Did God plan to save a lot of people? Yes, Nehemiah. The Lord Jesus planned to have a people for himself. God gives the number of 200 million in Revelation 9:16. But in order to have a people for himself, out of the human race, the sins of those that he would claim for himself had to be paid for. Who paid for the sins? The only one that could pay for those sins was God himself, Sarah. So already, before he even created the world, God not only named those whom he planned to save, but he actually took upon himself their sins, even though they hadn't even sinned yet. In fact, they hadn't even been created yet. So that Christ died already before the foundation of the world and then rose again. So why did God write about Abraham, Kelly, and Isaac? Well, Esther, throughout the Bible, God uses many examples that teach us about the sacrifice that Christ made to pay for our sins. And one of those examples has to do with Abraham and Isaac. We read in Genesis 22, 1 and 2, And it came to pass, after these things that God did tempt, or test, Abraham, and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Why did God want to kill Isaac? That's a good question, Nehemiah. God didn't really want him to kill his son, but he was testing Abraham to see if he would obey. But Abraham didn't know that at the time, and he simply trusted God, knowing that if God wanted him to kill his son, God could also bring him back to life as well. Then what happened? We see how quickly Abraham obeyed God in Genesis 22:3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went under the place of which God had told him. So Abraham left with Isaac and a couple of servants because it was a three days journey to Mount Moriah where he was instructed to sacrifice Isaac. And so he had lots of time to think about it. Every step was bringing him closer and closer to the mountain where he had to build an altar and he had to lay his son on that altar and kill him and then burn him like he was a lamb. Was Isaac scared? It doesn't seem like Isaac understood what was happening 
because we read in Genesis 22, 7 and 8, And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Did Abraham kill Isaac? Just as the knife was raised to kill Isaac, God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 22:11 through 13. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. So Isaac did not have to die, right? Uh, Yes, Sarah. Although God spared Isaac's life, God did not spare the life of God the Son, which is what the ram is a picture of. That is just one of the ways in the Bible in which God is showing how our sins were paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for the Bible study, Mr. Gunther. Thanks, Grandpa. Thank you, Mr. Gunther. Are you ready for some giant thin crust pizza at your aunt's restaurant? Oh, Sounds good. Right. Yippee! Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week when we'll learn something new from the Bible. For a free copy of today's program, write to Treasures from the Bible and Care of Family Radio, Oakland, California, 94621, USA. Today's program is titled, God Will Provide Himself a Lamb. May God richly bless you with His salvation. Bye!